Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll check them out. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you, including special guest Mark Schulman. He's the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. He's uh, on his way to Jerusalem today, the big protests going on about the attempted, quote-unquote, reforms in government. We'll also visit with Larry Reed. He is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington bureau chief and author of several murder mysteries, mysteries. his latest is No Problem. It is February the 13th, and on this day in 1633, Italian philosopher, astronomer, and mathematician Galileo arrived in Rome to face charges of heresy for advocating Copernican theory, which holds that the earth revolves around the sun. Galileo officially faced the Roman Inquisition in April on the same year and agreed to plead guilty in exchange for a lighter sentence, put under the house arrest uh, indefinitely by post, uh, Pope Urban VIII, Galileo spent the rest of his days in his uh, villa in Arceri, uh near Florence before dying on January 8, 1642. Galileo, the son of a musician, was born in February the 15th, 1564 in Pisa, in what is known now today as Italy. He entered the University of Pisa uh, planning to study medicine, but shifted his focus to philosophy and mathematics. In 1589, he became a professor at Pisa for several years, during which time he demonstrated that the speed of a falling object is not proportional to its weight, as Aristotle once believed. According to uh, some reports, Galileo conducted his research by dropping objects of different weights from the leaning power tower of Pisa. From 1592 to 1630, Galileo was a math uh, professor at the University of Padua, where he developed a telescope that enabled him to observe lunar mountains and craters, the fourth, uh, four largest moons of Jupiter, and the phases of Venus. He also discovered that the Milky Way had been made up of stars. Following the publication of his research in 1610, Galileo gained acclaim and was appointed court mathematician at Florence. Galileo's research uh, led him to become an advocate for the work of the Polish astronomer Copernicus, However, uh, Copernican theory of a sun-created centered solar system conflicted with the teachings of the powerful Roman Catholic Church, which essentially ruled Italy at the time. Church teachings contended that Earth, not the sun, was the center of the universe. In 1633, Galileo was brought before the Roman Inquisition, a judicial system established by the papacy in 1542 to regulate church doctrine. This included the banning of books that had conflicted with church teachings. The Roman Inquisition had its roots in the Inquisition of the Middle Ages, the purpose of which was to seek out and prosecute heretics and got considered enemies of the state. Today, Galileo is recognized for uh, making important contributions to the study of motion and astronomy. His work influenced later scientists such as English mathematician Sir Isaac Newton, who developed the law of universal gravitation. In uh, 1992, the Vatican formally acknowledged its mistake in 
and condemning uh, Galileo in 92. That's years later, my goodness. Well, did you watch the Super Bowl last night? Uh, we lost interest. Uh, uh, Rihanna, the singer, was pretty bad, in my opinion, so uh, we ended up calling it an evening. But, boy, did we miss out on a great game, apparently. Uh, Patrick Mahomes shook off an ankle injury. Boy, was he was just in agony and pain. Uh, turned back into a musician and pulled out another comeback on the biggest stage to help the Kansas City Chiefs win their second Super Bowl in four years. He threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter and scrambled for 26 yards on the go-ahead drive before Harrison Burkett, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Butker, kicked a 27-yard field goal with eight seconds left to give the Chiefs a 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. Mahomes and Hurts excelled in their first Super Bowl matchup, but Mahomes, the two-time AP NFL MVP, turned it up in the second half after reactivating a sprained ankle. Chiefs coach Andy Reid, who couldn't win to the big game in Philadelphia, beat his former team to earn his second ring with Mahomes and the Chiefs. With a score tied at 35-35, and 35, the Eagles tried to make, uh, let the Chiefs score a touchdown with under two minutes left so they could get the ball back. But Jarek McKinnon slid at the two, forcing the Eagles to use the last timeout. After Mahomes took a knee two times, uh, Butker nailed his kick, sending thousands of red-clad Chiefs fans into a frenzy. Uh, the Chiefs won their second Super Bowl following the 2019 season, 50 years after the, the first one. It took just three years to get another Lombardi. Uh, Chiefs fans were outnumbered in the stadium, but they did, did their part to silence the boisterous Philadelphia fans with, with the tomahawk chop chant. Down 24-14 with a limping Mahomes, the Chiefs followed up Rahana's uh, some call it electrifying, I, I would call it disappointing, halftime performance with a sensational offensive outburst. Mahomes, who suffered a high ankle sprain in the divisional round, heard it again on a three-yard scramble late in the second quarter. He limped off the field but showed no ill effects on the Kansas, Kansas City's next possession. Mahomes slipped. Several players lost their footing on the natural surface in the pocket, yet somehow regained his balance and scrambled 14 yards to the Eagles' four, setting up Isaiah Pacheco's one-yard TD run that cut the deficit to 24-21. to After J.K. Elliott's 33-yard field goal extended Philadelphia's lead to 27-21, the Chiefs stuck it again. Uh, Mahomes tossed a five-yard TD pass to wide-open Kadarius Toney to give the Chiefs its first lead, 28-27, early in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs tightened up on their defense, forcing Philly to punt, and uh, Tony returned a, kick, a line drive kick 65 yards to the Eagles' five for the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. On third down from the four, Mahomes connected with Sky Moore to extend their lead to 35-27. to Moore also was wide open on the play, but the Eagles wouldn't go away. Hurts Devontae Smith for a 46-yard gain in the Chiefs to the Chiefs and ran for his third score of the game. He also uh, ran in for a two-point conversion to tie it at 35 apiece with 5.15 to go. As fly Eagles fly reverberated throughout the stadium, Mahomes and the Chiefs went back to work. The 27-year-old Mahomes became the third player to win his second MVP uh, NFL MVP before 
uh, age 28. He also became the youngest QB to start three Super Bowls just five years after winning the first Super Bowl in franchise history. The Eagles became close with a new coach, Dick Sirianni, and new quarterback, Hertz. Hertz set a, a Super Bowl record with 70 yards rushing and tied a record with three rushing t- scores. The Eagles marched 75 yards down the field with Hertz scoring from the 1-4-7-0 lead and controlled the ball for most 22 minutes in the second half. <laughs> Hertz was... Uh, Missed, who missed two games late in the season with a shoulder injury, had no trouble throwing a perfect deep ball to A.J. Brown, giving the Eagles a 14-7 lead with 45-yard uh, connection on the first play of the second quarter. But Hertz then made a rare mistake on the next drive when he fumbled without being hit while scrambling away from uh, Nick Bolton, uh, who picked up and raced 36 yards for a score that made it 14-14. to Hurts just uh, eight turnovers this season, six picks, and two fumbles. Undeterred, he kept running. What a game it was, huh? It was just an incredible uh, game. I wish I'd stayed up and watched it, although it was getting awfully late for me. Uh, Mahomes connected with Travis Kelsey on an 18-yard TD pass in the right corner to tie at 7-7 in the quarter. The Chiefs' all-tight, uh, all-pro tight end and Eagles' all-pro center, Jason Kels, became the first set of brothers to play against each other in the Super Bowl. Their mom, Donna Kelsey, won a, a red, wore a, a half-red, half-green jersey with uh, 87 on the front and 62 on the back for Jason. She sat in the suite between uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and Damar Hamlin, Great to see him in good health, too. He was there at the game. Uh, Eagles fans turned stadium, State Farm Stadium into a green sea, charting, chanting Eagles and singing the team's fight song after each score, but they left disappointed. What a game. Reed won more games than any other coach in team history during 14 seasons with the Eagles, but the uh, one knock on him was that he couldn't get the big one. Reed finally earned his ring with the Chiefs when they beat San Francisco in the Super Bowl following the 2019 season. They went back uh, the next year and lost to Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The first Super Bowl involving both number one seeds since the Eagles beat the Patriots in uh, February 2018 lived up to its height. It was the third highest scoring Super Bowl, and the Eagles scored the most points by a losing team. What a game. What a game indeed. So uh, that's the Super Bowl. Again, it was uh, the Chiefs outlasting the Eagles, 38-35. to 35. Well, James O'Keefe is more than a founder of the whistleblower organization, the Project Veritas. Since 2011, O'Keefe's brainchild, investigative journalism, nonprofit, exposed some of the most explosive stories and provided the hidden video clips to prove it all. Now shocking new reports suggest O'Keefe, who is also the camera presenter for each bombshell report, is on paid leave while the board mulls his ouster, his ouster from the organization he began, according to New York Magazine. This is just absolutely an abomination. Uh, James O'Keefe is Project Veritas, and uh, I'm sure he has his shortcomings and he has a bad temper and so forth. But uh, it seems to be the last thing they ought to do is to consider letting him go. He is absolutely the Project Veritas project. He is uh, the founder and uh, hardworking guy. He deserves, I I don't know what they're thinking, but nevertheless, 
uh, Project Veritas Executive Director Daniel Strack initially set an in- internal interview a memo saying that O'Keefe would be out enjoying a few weeks of well-deserved PTO. However, New York Magazine said O'Keefe was not responding to calls and texts on his personal cell phone to verify that, while the company's subsequent cryptic memo added fuel to the worries that he was being forced out. I certainly hope not. Uh, Hopefully, uh, wiser minds will prevail in this whole thing. We'll see how it all transpires. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Are you planning on traveling abroad? Uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by internationalhealthplans.com. 
What happens if you get sick or hurt when you're traveling abroad? Travel with confidence with International Health Insurance. Internationalhealthplans.com is the website. So coming up, we're going to be uh, visiting. We planned on having Mark Schulman on. I tried to reach his number, and uh, it's uh, neither is in service right now. So uh, we're going to have to just punt on that right now and move on to something else. But uh, this Project Veritas story is extremely interesting. And uh, hopefully, they uh, again, as I mentioned before the break, hopefully James O'Keefe will be reinstated in good standing because he is he is Project Veritas, and he did some great work investigating uh, journalism. And uh, there is no replacing James O'Keefe in my in my uh, in my humble opinion. This may be Mark Schumann. Let me just check it out here. We have with us uh, Mark Schulman. He is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. As I understand it, uh, you're on your way to Jerusalem and uh, to cover the protests for the changes. Well, I'm, 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 actually, I'm actually here now. The protest is coming to an end for today, it looks like. There were about 60 to 100,000 people here in Jerusalem, which is a large number for protests in Jerusalem. They've been protests every Saturday night in Tel Aviv that's brought out about 100,000 people. But uh, trains were full. Um, everyone came to try to protest, but the government is going ahead despite a plea from the president of the country, who's largely ceremonial, to stop and have some sort of discussion about uh, reform that is agreed to by all parties. But the government is ignoring that at this point. So uh, it seems strange to me that they would totally ignore the protests of the people. Well, the protests of the people, it's not, you know, it's a large number of people. Um, it's uh, the largest protests that have been in Israel certainly in the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, but the government and certain elements of this government are very um, determined to pass these things. Uh, part of the reason I mentioned in the past is uh, the wish of Prime Minister Netanyahu to create a judicial environment that will allow him uh, to get out of his trial for corruption. And some of the other elements have wanted for a long time to limit the power of the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court uh, is the one power that limits the government. I understand that while Israel theoretically has a, an executive and a parliamentary group, a parliamentary uh, part of the government, it really is only one. It's a unitary government to a very large extent. The government totally controls the parliament, and the only break on the power of the government has traditionally been the Supreme Court. You know, some politicians don't like the fact when they said no. But what's basically being uh, suggested is, think about it for a moment, that the United States Congress, by a vote of one, a majority vote in the Congress, could overturn a decision of the U.S. Supreme Court. They don't like a decision of the Supreme Court? It can be overturned by one by one vote. In other words, it doesn't require a supermajority, doesn't require anything. That's what's being put on the table, plus a whole other series of, of things that are similarly will weaken the courts and independence of the court. So a good part of the country is very, very upset by it. Sounds so, outrageous. As a uh, living under the Constitution here in the United States, it sounds outrageous. Uh, but, uh, of course, you have a different system the there. 
Well, part of the problem is no one ever, they didn't stop to make a constitution in this country. <coughs> Initially, the country was founded, and the first nest that was called, the first nest that was supposed to be a constitutional convention. But David Ben-Gurion at the time was dealing with well, the end of the uh, War of Independence and economic challenge and absorbing, basically doubling the population within two years. And he just didn't want to get involved in all the fights that would have been around a, a constitution. The role of God, religion, all those sort of things. So he let it slide. I'm sure he's turning in his grave today to know what the result of not doing it back then was. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't uh, pay to expedite, does it? Yep. It never pays to put things off. Uh, you know, it's maybe, it will never get easier to do whatever you want to accomplish. It will always get harder. So if you have a goal, you try to... And in some ways, that's what this government is doing. They see an opportunity. They want to grab it right now uh, because they may not have that opportunity very long. But that opportunity will change the structure of the Israeli government in ways that may be impossible to fix afterwards. And that's what everyone's so concerned about. So what's the outcome of this? What do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to pass their legislation. I don't know where, what step two is. It seems to be slowly but having a major economic impact. Uh, people are considering moving their money out. Companies are considering not investing. And so this all can have a very negative impact on, on the country. And of course, it has a negative impact on the social cohesion of the country as well. So I don't know where it goes. I mean, quite honestly, I'm pessimistic um, and concerned, but we'll have to see. Uh -huh. um, so, so uh, Mark, just turning uh, the topic to what's happened in Turkey and uh, Syria, 30,000 people, to my understanding, have died in that horrific... Right. Well, 32,000 people have, been have officially been declared dead. My guess, unfortunately, is the numbers have reached somewhere between 40 and 50,000 by the time all the bodies are recovered. Wow. I mean, you have a real disaster. Um, the, the, the part of the disaster that, that, that's sad is the fact that Turkey has had a lot of earthquakes over the years, and many of the buildings that came down were relatively new, were relatively new buildings, and they just did not implement earthquake standards in order to uh, ensure these buildings don't come down. Yeah. Um, in Israel, since the 1970s, all new buildings have to have up to the standards of an earthquake. In Turkey, they were supposed to, and they didn't. As a result, uh, hundreds of contractors have been arrested. We'll see where, where that goes. It, it certainly will impact Erdogan's popularity because he's been powerful in the last decade. And, of course, the inability of the government really to do the rescues, I mean, they relied on foreign rescue workers from so many different countries who did come. And um, it's a very difficult thing, don't get me wrong. It was the expertise to dig under buildings and find people and pull them out alive. It's not something that, that you can have all that many people to do. But it will definitely impact Erdogan's popularity in the country. Um, and, of course, it's a tragedy. It's a human tragedy. It reminds us that for all the things we fight about and discuss and everything else, that uh, Mother Nature is stronger than everybody else and... Uh, when it rumbles, unfortunately, too many people get hurt, to say the least. To say the least, indeed. Although, I must say, I'm very grateful for our uh, code here in the United States that uh, uh, will protect us for a lot more than it's, it's protecting the people in Turkey. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? As you notice uh, by you, you know, your, your code will do well by a, by a Category 3 hurricane. If uh, by chance a Category 5 comes, there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. Let's hope for the best everywhere. Absolutely. Mark, need to take a little break. Can you stick around? 
Absolutely, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Mark, this is one of the strangest stories I've ever heard, but this is uh, just unbelievable. Flying objects now in Canada. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, look, the first one, okay, we understood what the first one was, Chinese intelligence balloon. One can argue whether it was shut down soon enough, all those other questions, okay. But okay, that's understandable. Now, three more, um, and the question becomes, you know, okay, are they being spotted now because... They made the radars more sensitive to objects at that height. I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that we would always be worried about objects at that height. So I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and one of them was cylindrical. Doesn't sound like a balloon to me. Um, another one, the pilot, the one that was uh, that was knocked down over Lake Huron, the pilot claimed it was being evasive on the radar. So, you know, we just don't know. I mean, the head of NORAD refuses to rule anything out. Although the government is trying to say, no, don't worry, it's not something from, you know, not, not an invasion from overseas or any, overseas, from a different, uh, different planet or a different place. But it's troubling. It's, you know, it's a great unknown. After all these years and years and years of UFO theories and conspiracy theories relating UFOs and all those sort of things, to suddenly have the government shoot down three in the course of a week. Yeah. And uh, we just don't know. We need answers. 
Um, and I suppose we'll get answers at some point in the medium term if, if they tell, tell the truth, to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, this is that sort of gray area, um, to say the least. Um, so, you know, and, you know, if all the years NORAD has been in business defending North America, theoretically, set up to defend against Soviet, uh, Soviet attack since the, you know, late 1940s. And I, if I'm not mistaken, um, this is the first time NORAD has actually been shooting things down in all these years. Yeah. So, um, as mentioned, the F-22s, which hadn't done much all these years, and now suddenly being put to, put to use. So, so I mean, the, I don't know. I mean, the backdrop here is uh, we've had uh, the threats of and the reports of uh, U UFOs for years and years and years. So, uh, does it seem that that all of a sudden this is beginning to emerge as a, as a reality? <clears throat> I don't know. Look, we have to look back. Part of what took place was that in the last two or three years, there were all these reports from Navy pilots. And, you know, when you and me or some other guy in who knows where see something in the sky and we think it's a UFO, okay, what do we know, right? I mean, we're not an expert on these things. But when a Navy pilot who's amongst the most trained uh, personnel the United States and the world has sees objects in the sky near them and they act in ways that physics can't quite explain, um, then people started taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, so and there was a congressional investigation and a congressional report. So I don't know, you know, all these years of, uh, of reports and everything else. Look, I certainly, personally, I have no idea whether any aliens have visited this planet and, you know, there's Einstein's laws that make it difficult if it's true. But on the other hand, I am convinced without a doubt that we're not alone in the universe. Mathematics just doesn't make any sense. With billions and billions of planets everywhere, it's not logical that we're the only planet that has inhabited life on it. Right. So, um Maybe, um, you know, maybe there's also, you have to assume the Earth is not one of the oldest planets on, in, in the galaxy either. So you'd have to assume there are, there are species that are more advanced than we are. And, you know, maybe they didn't bother reading Einstein and learn that you can't, you're not supposed to be able to fly faster than the speed of light. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, listen, I mean, <laughs> it obviously should be changing an awful lot. Suddenly we find ourselves really not alone and really just, you know, there's peons on this earth where there are other civilizations, other places more advanced than us. I mean, it would shake um, our, the foundations of our civilization, I think. Absolutely. Uh, uh, have there been reports of uh, other experiences outside of the, our, our experiences? And I'm talking about the United States and sightings. Okay, so, so there was a report yesterday of, of, of something similar over China. <laughs> so I don't know how much we can... Uh, how much veracity we can give to that report, but uh, that's a possibility. Again, one would think that, you know, mostly in the Northern Hemisphere, would there be the uh, tracking, you know, whether it's the Russians who are probably too busy tracking the Ukrainians and they paying much attention to these things, but America and Canada that have the tracking stations, the radar stations, that are more likely to discover these things. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let's put it this way. You know, we're almost a year into the Ukraine war, which which we're not discussing at the moment. But, you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago, we didn't have on our playlist things we'd be discussing for a year was a war in Ukraine, a ground war in Europe. Right. And here we are. We've had a one year of a war in Europe. And uh, who knows? I mean, uh, you know, there's an old saying uh, in Yiddish, actually, that man plans and God laughs. And so... 
you know, leaving aside the God issue, who the heck knows what's going to happen in the coming year with all these different things. It's so true. I, I read a report, I think I sent it to you, that uh, uh, actually there was a, a peace agreement on the table shortly after this war began, but the United States nixed it and uh, refused to, uh, to implement the, uh, the peace agreement between Putin and uh, Zelensky. I think it's fake Russian news, frankly. I saw that. It's all Russian propaganda trying to show that the Russians were willing to make peace with Russia. The Russians lied after the moment they invaded, invaded Ukraine. They kept on claiming they weren't going to. They had no intentions. And of course, they had every intention and went straight in. The only thing that stopped them was the Ukrainian army. And um, I think we're going to see some changes in the coming weeks. What's happened in the last couple of weeks, or last week really, is the Russian army is being uh, torn up and destroyed in, one of their, in another failed offensive. And I think the Ukrainians, <clears throat> is just a guess, it's their strategy is to let the Russians be torn up in their offensive operations, and then once they're in tatters, then to go and take the offensive themselves. Right? But I'll make you bet we'll see that in Donbass in the next couple of weeks. Interesting. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but no, I listen, there is so much Russian propaganda, and it seeps into American media, and it seeps into certainly certain political circles in the United States. But it is Russian propaganda, and keep that in mind. Uh, as someone who appeared a few times on Russian TV over, over the years, it's all propaganda, and it's manipulated very well. Mark Schulman, again, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Uh, good for kids of all ages. I hope you'll check out HistoryCentral.com, multimedia website, good for kids of all ages. Mark, genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. Have a great week, everybody. You as well. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. Uh, the times are changing, and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber, formal affair marking one's passing is trans transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. This coming Sunday, February the 19th, Hodges Life Celebration Center, located at 26051 South Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, is going to be hosting a community open house and reception from 2 to 4 p.m. with a ribbon cutting and champagne toast at 3.15 p.m. The new facility reflects the, nation, the largest or the latest innovation in funeral services by Hodges. In a, it's dynamic in its capacity to accommodate both traditional and non-traditional funeral and memorials, said Michelle Matuzak, the funeral director. But we're also eager to extend our facility to community as a gathering place for those wanting to host a special brunch or luncheon among friends or perhaps a dinner to honor an anniversary or a milestone event. We offer catering services second to none, says Matuzak. Special guests will, will be Mrs. Thelma Hodges. She's the widow of the founder, Earl Hodges, who passed in 2013. The two arrived in Naples in 1955 when it was considered a fishing village. She was one of the three founding nurses of NCH, and he was returning a veteran of the Korean War, making an obligatory stop to relatives before returning to his home in Tennessee. But the fates had something different in mind, and when they met at a arranged dinner party, well, they fell in love and ended up getting married for 55 years. <clears throat> uh, Thelma Hodges is, was honored by NCH as a pioneer nurse at 94. She remains brightly and keenly recollective uh, regarding all things South Willis, Florida. So she's going to be the special guest. Again, that's coming up this coming Sunday, the 19th, from 2 to 4 p.m., with a special 
Champagne Toast at 3.15 p.m. Uh, if you'd like the RSVP, you can call 366-5333. That's 366-5333. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. We have with us uh, Larry Reed. He is the President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure, Larry. Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. We are a private, nonprofit educational foundation, and our focus is on young people of high school and college age. We're located in Atlanta, but our programs are conducted all over the country and quite often abroad. And we educate and inspire young people in ideas of individual liberty, private enterprise, and private property, free markets, limited government, and personal character. And not only at uh, events uh, on campuses do we do that, but also every day of the week at our very robust website, which is fee, F-E-E, dot org. 
terrific organization. And again, if they have somebody high school or college age in your life, you definitely want to inter- introduce them to FEE.org, FEE.org. So, Larry, you wrote a piece that's uh, really interesting, a shout-out to Silent Cal for President's Day. Well, it's not President's Day quite yet, but such an interesting story. Maybe you can tell us about it. Uh, thanks for having me uh, to talk about this, uh, Bob, because Calvin Coolidge is one of my favorite presidents. Mm. And it was 100 years ago this coming August when he suddenly became president upon the death of uh, President Warren Harding. Uh, Coolidge was a fine man in so many ways, Uh, a very good president, but on a very personal level. He was an upstanding man of solid character, and uh, he has a record that has not been equaled by any administration in all the decades since. He cut taxes dramatically and reduced the national debt substantially and uh, by a third. And he left the federal government smaller uh, when he left Washington than he had found it wow. some years before, yeah. And uh, so it was quite a remar- remarkable achievement. Indeed, and uh, he, although he was silent, Cal, one of the things he pointed out is that he held more press conferences than any other president. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was quiet in social settings, uh, like parties or state dinners. He uh, didn't talk much, a few words at a time. (laughs) Uh, He was a quiet man in so many ways, uh, but he nonetheless did not uh, shirk his duty as president. He overdid it, you might say, when it comes to press conferences. He still holds the record uh, for having had more press conferences than any other president, an average of nearly two per week in all the five and a half years he served as president. Every, in juxtaposition to right now to this president, who I don't recall how many press conferences, but I think <laughs> you could count them on the fingers of one hand. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's had so very few, and but Calvin had them uh, twice a week. So uh, he, he definitely cut uh, the, the deficit. He did, was uh, had a surplus in, in, in his term in office. Uh, he didn't run for another turn, though, did he? No. Um, he finished out uh, President Harding's term, and then in 1924 uh, opted to run again. And he could have run again in 1928, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the term that he opted not to run for. And a big reason was that, uh, first of all, he didn't love power. Uh, he could uh, have no trouble walking away from it. But also, uh, one of his two sons... Uh, passed away uh, while they were in the White House uh, during his uh, first full term uh, from, um, uh, I think, a form of sepsis uh, that uh, developed after an injury while playing tennis. So it was quite an unexpected um, turn of events there to lose a teenage son, uh, and that really deflated uh, Calvin quite a bit. Yeah, what a sad thing indeed. So uh, tell us, what what do you think his legacy is? I think, uh, looking back, you'll find that Calvin Coolidge set a great example as a man who didn't have a bone of prejudice in his body. He uh, once wrote a letter to a man who wanted to know, why are we letting uh, blacks run for Congress? And uh, President Coolidge wrote right back uh, the most, uh, or the strongest uh, letter you could imagine, in which he said that... uh, our Constitution guarantees equal rights to all citizens, and 
uh, he was shocked to get such a letter and that kind of thing. But on a fiscal uh, scorecard, uh, you'd have to rate him among our very best. He balanced the budget every single year that he was in office. Uh, He kept government limited to what it was supposed to do. Uh, He vetoed bills that crossed the line. Uh, So I think the legacy is basically one of um, a principled man, loved the Constitution, did his job as best he could, uh, which he saw to be to uphold that Constitution as faithfully as he could. I wish we had more like him. Uh, Yeah. He's unbelievable in terms of uh, what he provided for the United States during a difficult time, by the way, uh, coming off of the Teapot Dome scandal, uh, and <coughs> where the country was needing uh, leadership, he demonstrated strong character. Yep, he sure did. Again, Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. I strongly encourage you to visit fee.org, F-E-E.org. Larry, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several novels. His latest is No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. 
Hey, it's a pleasure, Bob. I've been uh, in my time machine going back to 1964, which to most of us, 1964 was the year that the Beatles became so popular in America. You know, that that's they had songs like uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand and, and uh, you know, all the, the classic hits in 1964. But uh, the reason I'm looking at 1964 uh, that's the year that uh, a division of Lockheed, a uh, uh, top-secret division called the Skunk Works, hmm. launched a spy plane called the SR-71, which was the most revolutionary aircraft in history. It was a spy plane with two pilots. It could fly at 85,000 feet. Wow at 2,200 2, miles an hour. So it could streak across any country, surveil that country with uh, powerful cameras, and never get caught. And um, I think that was, the, the plane was retired in 1994. So when I see the stories about the Chinese balloons, it gives me some comfort <laughs> that the Chinese apparently have, don't have the equivalent of an SR-71, our 1964 technology, uh, let alone, I'm sorry, the SR-71, let alone the SR-72, which we are introducing, which will be an unmanned spy craft that can fly, again, at 85,000 feet, uh, but at about between 6,000 and 8,000 miles an hour. Wow. So it, an uncatchable spy plane. So I watch, you know, I listen to the balloon stories with great amusement. I, I, I think this has probably been going on for years, and we've known about it. And I'm just puzzled, uh, you know, why we've decided at this moment to shoot them down. So interesting. Now, are, are, how sure are you in your own mind that these are, in fact, not... Uh, uh, foreign objects uh, or some some sort of a alien aircraft. Yeah, I I don't buy uh, the alien story um, because uh, aliens wouldn't use balloons, you know, and and we wouldn't be able to shoot them down with a uh, sidewinder missile, uh, which I believe goes back to the Vietnam War. So it it just. Um, you know, it it defies it defies logic if you if you're going to give uh, aliens uh, super advanced technologies uh, the fact that they could be shot down by a U.S. fighter jet. Um, mm -hmm. And we've recovered we've recovered the balloon. You know, so it, and and the, and the Chinese more or less today are admitting that it's their balloons. They're accusing the U.S. of having sent ten balloons over China in recent years, and I'm I'm sure we do. I'm uh, it's just interesting that we should choose this moment in time to demonstrate to China that we can shoot them down at will. It, it, it seems that we were, uh, you know, just tacitly letting them drift over our, our, our country before. It's, it's, uh, it, it's a strange credibility that we never knew about this before. So, so we're sending some sort of a message to the Chinese and I'm sure that it's something percolating hmm. about Taiwan that our intelligence people have picked up. And, and so we have to demonstrate to China that uh, we have mastery of the skies. 
what an interesting take on the situation. So your point of view is that these are uh, not alien aircraft, but they're rather Chinese balloons that uh, uh, you're, you're assuaged and, and uh, reassured by the fact that they have such limited technology that they're still using balloons. Uh, yes, their most advanced technology for their fighter was <coughs> stolen from, from us. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, in 1964, by the way, that's when the People's Republic of China exploded their first nuclear bomb. So, so, um, but yeah, the balloon, you know, it, we can learn from their technology. We can see what kind of materials uh, they're using. But, you know, I'm sure we have uh, balloons as well. And I'm predicting <laughs> that, that, uh, Students at American universities, uh, with a uh, juvenile bent, will be launching balloons soon. Uh, you know, as a prank. So uh, mm. I, I, I just can't get. You know, unless they have, unless it turns out that they had uh, nuclear bombs aboard the uh, balloons, I can't get overly excited about this. So what uh, what have we found out about the balloons that have been launched? These are smaller balloons, apparently. Uh, what what do we know at this point? Yeah, well, we only know what we read in the papers, which is always uh, something to be suspicious of, yeah. especially this day and age. Uh, and it seems that they had electro- electronic eavesdropping packages. And again, um, <clears throat> that's something that gives me comfort because we have sp- uh, spy aircraft that fly off the coast of China in international waters, and we can pick up the same intelligence uh, that the Chinese are seeking with their balloons from those uh, airplanes beyond the 200-mile limit. So it shows me that we still have a technological lead over uh, China in in many areas. I mean, what's alarming about China is that it's advancing at such a geometrically rapid pace. You Mm -hmm. know, its it's technologies are improving. very, very quickly. And there are predictions that will be able to match the United States in about a decade. But they're not there yet. And I think um, the uh, reason we have a trade war with China now and, and we're restricting access of their companies to American technology is that we want to throw a monkey wrench into that process whereby they're trying to uh, become equals of the United States uh, in a technological front. So again, we still control the skies, and in any conflict, uh, the skies determine the outcome. And so, it would make China think twice about invading Taiwan. Hmm. You know, if we if we're demonstrating uh, this mastery, it's kind of interesting that uh, we don't know a lot about what's happening with regard to their economy, and what we do know is probably lies anyhow. But the question is that. Uh, you know, I've heard heard all kinds of things about the economy failing, that the real estate bubble is is uh, going bust in uh, China. What have you heard? Well, I love reading, you know, talking about spying. There are commercial satellites flying over every country in the globe every day <laughs> spying. <laughs> you know, and they're picking up uh, granular data. Uh-huh. So, so the satellites fly over Ch- Chinese... Uh, morgues, <laughs> and uh, they, they so they uh, see huge lines of people visiting 
uh, these uh, burial facilities. So it tells us that the Ch- China is suffering tremendous COVID losses. Number one. Huh. Uh, so so, uh, um, and that would indicate, you know, if if they're if they're having this epidemic uh, sweep through now that they've lifted restrictions. It's got to be impacting their production the way it did here in the United States. So I have no doubt that they have um, manpower shortages. They have supply chain disruptions, uh, the whole ball of wax. Um, but that's just an assumption on, on my part. I'm just trying. It's pieces of the puzzle. And I don't have an intelligence network. I'm just you know, looking at publicly available sure. information and try to piece a story together. Uh, I also read the... Uh, Chinese propaganda rags. I read the uh, People's Daily and the South China Morning Post, which is the South China Morning Post is probably more worthwhile to read. For some reason, it's uh, more informative. But if you read between the lines of their stories and you uh, you try to identify the propaganda line that they're they're trying to get across to the English speaking world, you can bet that the opposite is true. So. Um, you know, that's another source I use. And lots of people on Wall Street who who have investments in China. I refuse to I've refused my whole life to invest in China, but the people who do rely on the South China Morning Post. I know it's regular reading on Wall Street as well. That is so interesting. So uh I mean uh, we could actually see uh, an implosion in China because of this real estate debacle and what's going on, whether they'll be able to hang on or not is just a, a whole separate question in terms of... Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. But again, again, you know, the balloon fiasco with private satellites <laughs> offering more intelligence than, than uh, these balloons, it's, uh, it's political theater. So, um, you know, for, for, for me, it, it's fun. It's... it's uh, you know what can be more entertaining than have a fighter jet shoot down a balloon over your state. Yeah. Uh, but in in terms of uh, our national security and and you know whether NORAD has uh, big holes in its uh, mesh, um, I don't buy it. I think uh, again that our military, for some unstated reason, a reason we may not learn about for decades, is sending a message to the Chinese leadership that. We control the skies. Wow. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senate president. We'll also visit with Dr. Susan Wilson. She is in Tanzania. She is doing God's work in terms of uh, serving orphans there. Also, Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we get the words out and support our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>